Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Good morning. Breaking news. President Biden arrives in Scotland for a high-stakes climate summit as his agenda stalls back home amidst Democratic infighting. And a new NBC News poll shows his approval rating at an all-time low. I didn't run to determine how well I'm going to do in the polls. I ran to make sure that I followed through on what I said I would do as president of the United States. Can the president make good on those promises with his own party stalemated? A live report straight ahead. Mandate Monday, tens of thousands of unvaccinated New York City workers, including police and firefighters, ordered to stay home today as a new COVID vaccine mandate is enforced. Over the weekend, a massive sick out in apparent protest. Just ahead, the shortage of people in critical jobs facing the nation's largest city and how officials plan to deal with it. Showdown, the Supreme Court set to take up that controversial ban on most abortions in Texas today. We're live with what's at stake and the impacts on the battles in other states. Speaking out, Alec Baldwin breaking his silence on that fatal movie set shooting, addressing claims of unsafe conditions and the tragic loss of the film's cinematographer. It's an active investigation in terms of a woman dying. She was my friend. We'll have the very latest. All that plus airport chaos. American Airlines cancels nearly 2,000 flights over the weekend, citing bad weather and a staffing shortage stranding passengers from coast to coast. It said choose another flight, but they don't have flights available. The latest troubling sign ahead of the busy holiday travel season. Today, Monday, November 1st, 2021. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Oda Cutby. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to today. Nice to have you with us on a Monday morning. I, the urge to say go Cowboys because, you know, way, I just had my cheerleader outfit on. I was on. just sitting here thinking, I wonder if you broke it out for the big game. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm still team. an Eagles fan. Right. Believe, I don't know if Philadelphia will have me anymore. But anyway, it's a busy Monday morning. Lots to get to. It sure is, including that deadline with the COVID vaccine mandate right here in New York. The FDNY just wrapping up a news conference with thousands of city workers set to miss work and be docked pay for failing to comply. We're live with very latest. In the meantime, we've got a live look right now at the number of flights taking to the skies right now. It's a busy one and it was a weekend of chaos at the airports. There are already more cancellations being announced this morning. We're going to have a full report straight ahead. But we do start with the high stakes for uh, President Biden, both here and overseas, as he arrives in Scotland for that major global summit. And according to a new NBC News poll, his approval numbers have hit a new low at a time when his domestic agenda is hanging by a thread. NBC's Chief White House Correspondent Peter Alexander joins us from Edinburgh this morning. Peter, good morning. 
Hey, Savannah and Hoda, good morning to both of you from here at Edinburgh Castle. This make-or-break climate conference is now underway. A gathering that President Biden's own advisors have billed as the world's last best chance to avoid the potentially catastrophic perils of our warming planet. The president, he's expected to speak shortly. All of it as he's expressing new optimism that he can get his ambitious spending plans passed within days. But they're votes that he hoped to have had done before he got here. President Biden this morning touching down in Scotland, prepared to push foreign leaders here to slash carbon emissions. But the U.S.'s credibility is also at stake, as Congress has yet to pass the president's massive spending plans, including half a trillion dollars in clean energy and climate commitments. In the Build Back Better framework, which is, God willing, going to be voted on as early as some, sometime this coming week. After multiple delays, House Democrats were eyeing a vote tomorrow. That timeline now shifting as lawmakers scramble to make last-minute changes. President Biden is also facing political perils, his approval rating sinking to 42 percent, according to a new NBC News poll, a seven-point drop since August, and 71 percent say America is headed in the wrong direction. The polls are going to go up and down, and I didn't run to determine how well I'm going to do in the polls. This week's gathering follows the first in-person G20 summit in two years. The president announcing new steps to ease bottlenecks that have snarled the global supply chain. How to make sure we have access to all the products we need, from shoes to furniture to electronics to automobiles. President Biden also achieving a key win that could help pay for his economic agenda, getting leaders to support a global minimum tax to block large corporations from stashing profits in more tax-friendly countries. But it's what's accomplished on climate here that may be most scrutinized. The president saying he's disappointed the leaders of Russia and China, two of the world's biggest polluters, did not attend the G20 and are not traveling to Glasgow either. Queen Elizabeth is no longer coming here due to concerns about her health. But her son, Prince Charles, a passionate environmentalist, is delivering an urgent plea for action. The scale and scope of the threat we face call for a global systems-level solution. And British Prime Minister Boris Johnson is hosting this summit. In his opening remarks, he warned that the world is one minute to midnight, having run down the clock, he says, waiting to combat climate change. As for President Biden, he says, despite scaling back some of his toughest climate proposals, including a program that would have penalized power companies that do not move away from fossil fuels, the U.S., he says, can still meet his goal of slashing emissions in half by the end of the decade. There's also another headline that we're watching this morning back home. Press Secretary Jen Psaki, one of the most familiar faces in the Biden administration, revealing last night that she has tested positive for COVID. Saki canceled plans to travel to Europe with the president last week after members of her family got the virus. She says that she last saw President Biden five days before her positive test and that they were seated outside more than six feet apart, that they were all wearing masks. She is vaccinated and she says she only has mild symptoms. She credits the vaccine for that. As for the president, we learned as they were traveling aboard Air Force One today from an advisor that he tested negative yesterday. Again, President Biden is expected to speak before what's called the COP26 summit, this climate summit in the next hour. Back to you. All right, Peter Alexander in Edinburgh for us. Thank you. Also on the coronavirus front, the battle is intensifying over COVID vaccine mandates. This morning, New York City's in the spotlight with thousands of city workers set to be docked pay starting today for failing to comply. NBC's Stephanie Gauss joins us now with the very latest. Hey, Steph, good morning. 
Hey, Hoda, good morning. The heads of the union were out here early this morning outside this firehouse because they say they have concerns about response time. There are thousands of FDNY personnel who remain unvaccinated, but it's not just the fire department, it's the police, it's sanitation. Today, the clock runs out. Any city worker who is unvaccinated cannot come to work and won't get paid. This morning, the deadline is here for New York City's workforce. Starting today, firefighters, police officers, sanitation workers, and other city employees will be put on unpaid leave and could even lose their jobs if still unvaccinated. More than 22,000 government workers failed to comply with de Blasio's COVID vaccine mandate as of Sunday night. Firefighters in particular are still lagging behind, with the FDNY reporting a vaccination rate of just 75%. This morning, the firefighters union, which is against the mandate, defending its members. All we were asking for is some extra time. We wanted to get some time so that they could file their religious and medical exemptions, as well as their make their retirement decisions and get their uh, vaccination if they so choose. Department leaders denying reports that some firehouses were closed this weekend due to staffing issues after 2,000 firefighters called out sick. But in a blunt statement, the FDNY commissioner says some members are purposely staying home, calling it irresponsible, bogus sick leave, creating a danger for New Yorkers and their fellow firefighters. Union leaders insist there is no coordinated sick out. While nationwide, millions of new COVID vaccine doses could be on the move in just 48 hours if the CDC signs off on Pfizer's pediatric vaccine for kids ages 5 to 11. Doctors recommend signing your child up as soon as possible. If we can decrease the number of kids that are getting sick, we can make a huge dent in the pandemic. Health experts hoping to change the minds of a majority of parents of 5 to 11-year-olds who say they're uneasy. Some pointing to very rare cases of myocarditis, an inflammation of the heart muscle. Pfizer's pediatric trials found no evidence of myocarditis or other serious adverse reactions. But Moderna revealing the FDA has notified the company that it will need additional time to assess whether its vaccine causes heart problems in adolescents, citing recent international analyses of the risk of myocarditis after vaccination. All right, Steph, let's go back to that mandate in New York. We just heard, as you said, from the firefighters union, they're saying they want more time. So what are the other things they're asking for? Well, they're also questioning, Hoda, the urgency of doing this now. They say the numbers are low, that their infection rate within the department is extremely low, and they're questioning why jeopardize response times to push this thing forward right now. They are also pushing for testing. They want widespread testing, that that might be the best way to figure out where the, where the virus is within the department and the best way to protect the people in New York City. Hoda? All right, we'll see how this plays out. Stephanie Gosk for us. Steph, thank you. Also this morning, the U.S. Supreme Court is taking up two challenges to the most restrictive abortion regulations in the country, the Texas law that's virtually ended abortions in that state. NBC's Justice Correspondent Pete Williams has the story for us. Pete, good morning. Savannah, good morning. The justices agreed to take these Texas cases on a fast track, ramping up the drama over this Supreme Court term. It's turning out to be one of the most important ever for the issue of abortion. The court is considering what's to become of two lawsuits challenging SBA, the Texas law that has stopped nearly all abortions in the state. The law says they can't be performed after six weeks of pregnancy before most women know they're pregnant. It is meant to intimidate, to threaten, to, to make us afraid of providing the abortion care that people need. 
The Supreme Court has long said state officials cannot ban abortion that early, so the Texas legislature handed off enforcement to private individuals, making it harder to challenge the law in court. It allows anyone to sue any doctor who performs an abortion or helps out. Those suing can collect at least $10,000. Supporters say it works. We know that the Texas Heartbeat Act saves about 100 lives per day from abortion. Texas is urging the Supreme Court to rule that because none of its officials do anything to enforce the law, they cannot be sued. But abortion providers in the state and the Justice Department both say their lawsuit should go forward and that state court clerks and judges should be blocked from doing anything to carry out the law. The Biden administration says Texas should not be allowed to use its novel law to nullify a constitutional right to abortion. Just passed the law empowering complete strangers to become bounty hunters, going after women who exercise their right to choose. And a month from now, the court hears an even bigger case, a challenge from Mississippi to Roe v. Wade itself and decades of rulings on the right to abortion. A Supreme Court decision on the Texas law is probably months away, and in the meantime, SB 8 is likely to remain in effect. Savannah? Pete Williams at the court for us. Pete, thank you. All right, Craig joins the table now as we turn to a trial that's being closely watched all around the country. Yeah, hey, Craig, good morning. Hoda, Savannah, good morning. Good morning to you. Closely watched indeed. Kyle Rittenhouse is accused of killing two people and injuring a third during a police brutality protest last year. And today, jury selection gets underway in the case, and it is a case that's expected to test the boundaries of self-defense. NBC's Gabe Gutierrez is at that courthouse in Kenosha, Wisconsin, where the trial is going to take place. Gabe, good morning to you. Craig, good morning. In some ways, this case has crystallized a polarization in this country over the protests of the last year and a half. Kyle Rittenhouse is either seen as a vigilante or hero, and a jury will decide whether he acted in self-defense. This morning, the national spotlight is back on Kenosha, Wisconsin, as jury selection begins in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. The now 18-year-old is accused of opening fire with an AR-15-style rifle, killing two people and injuring a third. Last summer, Rittenhouse, who was 17 at the time, had traveled to Wisconsin from Illinois. After calls went out on social media for people to help protect the city during the protests and unrest that erupted following the shooting of Jacob Blake. Our job is to protect this business. If there's somebody hurt, I'm running into harm's way. That's why I have my rifle. Blake, a black man, was shot multiple times in the back by a white police officer during a domestic disturbance. He's now paralyzed from the waist down. The shooting, recorded by a bystander, happened just months after George Floyd's death. Rittenhouse faces two counts of homicide, among other charges, and potentially life in prison. The judge in the case has already made national headlines for deciding the attorneys must not refer to the men Rittenhouse shot as victims. The word victim is a loaded, loaded word, and I think alleged victim is a cousin to it. The judge ruled the lawyers can, however, refer to the three men as rioters, looters, or arsonists if they have evidence to support those claims. His lawyers are expected to argue Rittenhouse, who's pleaded not guilty, shot the men in self-defense. When we have the self-defense on tape, we have the case on tape. Beyond the courtroom, the case has highlighted a deep political divide and has reignited the debate over guns and self-defense. On the one hand, there's the narrative that Mr. Rittenhouse was a vigilante who came from out of state, armed, 
On the other hand, Mr. Rittenhouse is arguing that he was the victim, that he came here to protect people and to protect lives. Video of the men interacting with Rittenhouse is expected to be a key part of this trial, which is expected to last two to three weeks. Greg. All right. Gabe Gutierrez for us there in Kenosha. Gabe, thank you. Let's get our first check of the uh, weather. Uh, Good morning, Al. That's right. Feeling fall-like out yeah, there. In is. fact, for some people, it's it's downright feeling like winter. In fact, we've got uh, freeze watches, freeze warnings throughout parts of the upper Midwest with morning temperatures in the 30s. There's an autumn chill throughout a good portion of the Midwest. Billings, 39. Denver, 41. 50 in Tulsa and Dodge City. St. Louis at 50. About 5 to 10 degrees below average. Tomorrow from Denver, Nashville, Cleveland. Milwaukee, everybody 5 to 10 degrees below average. And look as we get toward the end of the week. This is definitely feeling like fall. 50s through Friday in St. Louis. Low 50s in Washington, D.C. 50 degrees in New York City. But look at the temperatures. They're anywhere from 5 to 20 degrees below average. And that looks like it's going to last right on into the weekend. And that's your latest weather. Guys? All right, Al. Thank you. Coming up, we're going to have the very latest on that fatal shooting during Alec Baldwin's movie, The Actor's Speaking out on camera for the first time, we'll have his reaction to claims of an unsafe set and where the investigation is going from here. Plus, new turmoil at the airports. American Airlines canceling nearly 2,000 flights over the weekend, in part, they say, because of staffing shortages. So can the problems be fixed with the holiday rush fast approaching? Tom Costello's got that story. But first, this is Today on NBC. Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Back now, 7.30, it's a Monday morning. <laughs> Since it's November 1st, we thought, why not? Uh, another sign that the holiday season is here. Our friends at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade announcing this year's 
star-studded lineup of performers to go along with those cool floats and full balloons. We're gonna, it'll be like old times. Yeah, yes. the parade is back yeah. in a big way. We've got Kelly Rowland, Austin yep. Chenoweth, Andy Grammer, the, the cast of Girls 5 Eva. We love I, that We love show. them. And a special performance by Carrie Underwood, many others, and we will, of course, bring it all to you live on Thursday, November 25th, Thanksgiving morning. Can't wait for yeah, one of our favorite yeah. traditions. Mm -hmm. Let's get to your headlines here at 7.30 Monday morning. We begin with some frightening moments for subway passengers in Tokyo. It happened yesterday. A man dressed in a Joker costume went on a stabbing spree and then set a fire. Video shows a stream of passengers racing to escape as the train car fills with black smoke. Moments later, there was a small explosion. You can see the passengers trying to get out of that train any way possible, climbing over barriers, mm. jumping through windows, a terrifying scene. At least 17 people were injured. Officials say the 24-year-old suspect was arrested at that scene. Now to an alarming new statistic that has federal officials taking notice. There were more than 20,000 traffic deaths in the first six months of 2021. By the way, that's the highest number for that period in 15 years. Public health officials say several factors are to blame, including increased drug and alcohol use, texting while driving, and an increase in speeding and reckless driving. The Department of Transportation plans to release a new strategy in January designed to bolster roadway safety. All right, oh. we do have a lot more to get to, including what we're now learning about that shooting involving Alec Baldwin on the set of his new movie. Yeah, over the weekend, he spoke publicly for the first time about it since the fatal shot that killed one crew member and injured the film's director. NBC National Correspondent Miguel Almaguer has the very latest for us this morning. Miguel, good morning. Hi, guys. Good morning. The family of Helena Hutchins held a private funeral for the 42-year-old son of a photographer who died over the weekend. It comes after the actor investigators say pulled the trigger Alec Baldwin made his first comments on camera. I've been ordered by the sheriff's department in Santa Fe. I can't answer any questions about the investigation. I can't. For the first time since the fatal shooting on this New Mexico movie set, the film star and producer Alec Baldwin speaking to photographers. It's an active investigation in terms of a one guy. She was my friend. She was my friend. Investigators say Baldwin fired the fatal shot that killed cinematographer Helena Hutchins and injured director Joel Souza, who was seen in a sling on Friday. The actor revealing he's been in constant contact with Hutchins' husband as Baldwin's wife, Hilaria, attempts to cut off Saturday's impromptu interview. They're you, you guys, you guys, you know what? No details. Do, do me a favor. I'm going I'm to answer the question. Well, I appreciate that he was probably very upset. The, 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 the guy is overwhelmed with grief. He is in shock. He's a nine-year-old son. Hilaria later telling the New York Post, Alec had a really traumatic thing happen, and I'm trying to limit the PTSD. We were a very, very, you know, well-oiled crew shooting a film together, and then this horrible event happened. But Baldwin's characterization of working conditions is in stark contrast with accounts from some crew members, including Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, the 24-year-old armorer who was in charge of guns on set. In a statement, her attorneys write, the whole production set became unsafe due to various factors, including lack of safety meetings. Adding Gutierrez-Reed fought for proper time to prepare for gunfire, but ultimately was overruled. The production company says they were not made aware of any official complaints concerning safety. Although uh, we appreciate the statement given by Ms. Uh, Gutierrez-Reed, 
um, I think it uh, raises more questions than it does answers. Investigators are now focusing on how the prop gun was loaded with a real bullet as the veteran actor at the center of the tragedy pleads for privacy. We sat down as a courtesy now to talk to you. Now, please, would you just stop following us? So, Miguel, I mean, meanwhile, we've got these new reports of other accidental shootings on that rust set. What more can you tell us about that? Well, Craig, the Los Angeles Times reports there was at least three accidental discharges before Hutchins was killed, all involving blanks. After being told he was given a cold gun, a stunt double for Baldwin accidentally fired a blank. That's in addition to a moment when the woman from a props department actually shot herself in the foot with a blank, all adding to the mounting safety concerns on that set. Craig. All right. Miguel Amogar for us there. Miguel, thank you. All right, guys, coming up next, another airline forced to cancel hundreds of flights due in part to staffing shortages. Well, that could mean for your travel plans as airports try to ramp up for the busy holiday season right after this. Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. My village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. We are back at 740 this morning on In-Depth Today, growing chaos at airports from coast to coast. Yeah, and the latest blow to passengers, American Airlines was forced to cancel or delay nearly 2,000 flights over the weekend. And that, well, that's raising new concerns ahead of the busy holiday travel season. Sure is. NBC's Tom Costello is at Reagan National with more on that. Hi, Tom. Good morning. Hey, Savannah, good morning. So right now, American has canceled several hundred flights for today, but that's an improvement from over the weekend when thousands of flights were canceled. Staffing shortages, weather to blame for that, but we've now got double the passenger loads we had a year ago, and now we've got anger in airports and even some violence in the skies. This morning, flying the so-called friendly skies is going from infuriating at times to downright frightening. Travelers have been left scrambling and stranded all across the country after American Airlines canceled close to 2,000 flights over the weekend, scrapping more than a third of its flights on Sunday alone. Passengers from New York to Dallas to Miami waiting hours in endless lines to rebook or even speak to an agent. And then they said it was the original time, and then they canceled it. Monica Velez did not receive a text that her flight was canceled until she was already at the airport. It said choose another flight, but they don't have flights available. I have to work Monday, and I have a nine-year-old at home. American blames the cancellations on bad weather and staffing shortages that snowballed. It comes just weeks after Southwest experienced a similar problem, compounded by weather triggering days of chaos and stranding passengers nationwide. Meanwhile, outrage has been boiling over on planes as well. 
It's literally 6 a.m. Who's fighting at 6 a.m.? This bloody brawl broke out on Friday morning on a Delta flight in Atlanta. Police say 30-year-old Curtis Clayton became enraged after the passenger behind him placed something into the seat pocket. Clayton was arrested and charged with battery. Delta says in a statement, it will always put safety and security above all else. Just days earlier, another attack on an American flight. We had one of the worst displays of unruly behavior we've ever witnessed. Police in Denver arrested this man after the airline says he punched a flight attendant in the face twice when she accidentally bumped into him and then apologized. She had blood splattered on the outside of her mask. The FAA says there have been nearly 5,000 reports of unruly passengers so far this year, a record. Nearly three quarters related to the mask order. Now with busy holiday travel just weeks away, pressure on the airlines and the TSA to handle the growing passenger loads. As for this weekend, American says most of those customers affected were rebooked on flights within 24 hours. And as for the staffing shortages, they claim that 1,800 flight attendants will be back from leave today. And the numbers of people coming back from leave are going to continue to increase, they say, over the coming weeks. Hopefully, because we have Thanksgiving now, three weeks away, guys. Back to you. Yeah, we hope it's not preview of coming attractions, Tom. Thank you very much. I'm flying into DCA in a few hours. Oh, you are? Oh, right. well, on American. Okay. Let us know how it goes. Good luck. I, I, I will. There's this new thing out called Amtrak. That's, oh, yeah. That's your favorite. That's well, the you know. Woo-woo. Anyway, uh, let's take a look at this. Woo-woo. I mean, that? these are the northern lights. This uh, is uh, the Aurora Borealis up in Iceland. And we told you about this happening Thursday. Remember we said that we're going to be seeing this, this incredible geometric, geomagnetic storm pushing through a coronal mass ejection headed toward Earth. That causes all that geomagnetic energy. It's reflected out and then you start to see finally those northern lights 100,000 miles wide that that uh, solar flare pretty amazing other kind of interesting thing Wanda subtropical storm Wanda 50 mile per hour winds it's a fish storm no big deal but th what happened today with this it is now we've gone through all the names for the lists of tropical systems. And that has only happened two times in a row. It's never happened before. Last year, this year, we went through them all. And it's only the third time we've gone through all the names. Last time was 2005. So all in all, it's a pretty historic occurrence happening one more time. A little more snow throughout the plains and on into the Rockies. Wintery blast causing big problems and a big storm comes in later today on into tonight. And and by the way, our uh, senior producers, uh, Pete Brain, said yeah. that because we had Wanda on the map, it's now WandaVision. Oh, God. Oh, well, also, you called it a fish storm. It could be a fish storm called Wanda. There you oh. go! Bam! 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 Oh! Zinga! <laughs> I learned at the feet of the master. All right, coming up next, health concerns mounting for the queen as doctors now have extended the order to rest for at least two more weeks. We've got a live report from Windsor Castle right after this. Score! That was quick. That was quick. We are back with new with new health concerns for the Queen. That's right. Just over a week ago, uh, she you know spent the night in the hospital. The palace now announcing that doctors are advising the 95-year-old to rest for two more weeks. NBC's Kelly Cobia is at Windsor Castle with details on this. Hey, Kelly. Good morning. Hi, good morning to you. Yeah, people here are obviously increasingly worried about the Queen's health now that her doctors are advising her to rest for that additional two weeks at the minimum. And commentators say, yes, it's cause for concern, 
but not alarm. The Queen is following medical advice to rest, but says it's her firm intention to attend Remembrance Day here in just two weeks, one of the most solemn days in her official calendar. She's only missed the ceremony to honor those killed in war six times in her nearly 70-year reign. Queen Elizabeth, the oldest and longest-serving monarch in the world, seen at the wheel in Windsor today. The 95-year-old meeting new ambassadors virtually from her home last week. But she is not holding official meetings in person after that overnight hospital stay last month for what the palace called preliminary investigations. For her to cancel a number of high-profile, very important events, I think is a sign that this is more serious than the palace is letting on. Other members of the royal family stepping up their engagements. William and Kate, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, hosting a glittering reception tonight at the Climate Summit. Prince Charles also taking a leading role. Jeff Bezos tweeted about meeting the first in line to the British throne last night on the eve of the summit. The Prince of Wales has been involved in fighting climate change and protecting our beautiful world far longer than most. Prince Charles urging G20 leaders to take climate action now. Quite literally, it is the last chance saloon. We must now translate fine words into still finer actions. Across the pond, Harry and Meghan have also been busy. The Duchess of Sussex last week reaching out directly to U.S. senators to push for paid family leave, a cause important to the mother of two. The Queen hasn't seen Harry and Meghan's son Archie in person in well over a year and hasn't yet met their daughter Lilibet, named in her honor. With the Queen's health now in focus, the question, will Christmas bring the royal family together again? But still not clear whether Harry and Meghan will be here for that holiday, which is so important to the Queen. She's said to be in good spirits still, and guys clearly determined to get out in the public eye. All right, yeah. Kelly Cobiea. Kelly, thank you. Wishing her well. Absolutely. Yeah. Ahead on Pop Start this morning, Carson's got the highlights from this weekend's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Why some are saying the event was the best in years. How could it not be? Look at that. Hey, Cole and McCartney. Jeez. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com.